Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, Steve Hall. Welcome to another episode of the Mustang Owners Podcast. Today we have one of my best friends in the Mustang hobby. And before I tell you who it is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the gentleman that will be joining us. He's been in the Mustang hobby since 1980. One of the owners of Mustangs Plus, and there's a, that's a hint for some of you folks, uh, which is located in which was located in Stockton, California. I'd like to introduce Ron Bramlett. So, Ron, th- welcome to our show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell folks a little bit more about you. So, sit tight, and uh, you know, hopefully, you turn red. Um, Ron's, Ron has a long list of accomplishments in the hobby, especially for those folks that are on the West Coast. He's, he's done racing, he's done restorations, he's done restum modding, which we'll talk about more. Uh, there's probably not very, not many facets of Mustang world that he has not been part of, uh, including being the treasurer of Mustang Club of America at the national level. He's also been a Lee Iacocca Award winner. And, uh, Probably the most one of the more recent awards was the um, Team Mustang Appreciation Award for being the executive director of the Mustang 50th birthday celebration. And um, so, I, if, if I kept telling you more about Ron, it, it may take too long. But the most important part that I've learned about Ron is probably not probably is one of the nicest guys in the hobby. There's um, not a thing that he would not go out of his way to help someone to either, you know, with with a car or personally or what have you. Ron is just the guy that you can count on. You just know he's there for you. He's always got your back. He's actually just one of the best guys in the world I've ever got to know. And it was a privilege working with him for the two or three years of, uh, well, I'm going to say fun that we had putting the 50th together. So, uh, and that being the case, Ron, I like to get into a little bit, uh, some go a different direction a little bit, and talk about Restomods. Yeah, I know you're, 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 you were one of the earlier, uh, I would say, shops, uh, kind of getting involved with the Restomods. And so I'm kind of hoping you kind of just talk a little bit to us of how that came about, what you saw, and basically I think how you've even transitioned some of the, some of the hobby into Restomods. Tell us, get us up to speed. Okay, well, thank you, Steve, for all the kind words. You know, back in 1980, when we got into doing Mustangs and actually laid the groundwork for Mustangs Plus, I had bought a very nice original Hypo 289 66 Coupe that I'd got from the original owner. And my wife and I would take it out to the shows and display it uh, You know, on the West Coast here. There were a lot of displays and everything there was not a real mca presence out here at that time it was just more or less uh people you know showing their mustangs off and formulating what would become the clubs that would become part of the mca in years to come the thing that we noticed is that everybody at the show uh, that was into the early cars would come around and and ask uh is it a real one you know, is, is that a real hypo? We've heard about them, but we've never actually seen one. And we would tell them, yes, it is. The people who didn't know anything about hypos would always think the motor was getting ready to blow up because of the, the valve lash noise that it made, uh, which is music to my ears. But there's a lot of people that just didn't understand that. And we would tell them, 
yes, it is original. They go over it, under it, and all around it. And the the thing that didn't happen was that the phone did not ring on Monday to sell parts. You know, we we didn't have the uh, the parts for that. It was kind of a a cool car and everything else. So we started building a little '65 Mustang coupe. I bought it at the auto auction for I think it was fifteen hundred dollars. We we got it back and we painted it black. We started putting some of the fiberglass parts that were available through Meyer Racing at that time. Bill Meyer was a was a friend and he was doing the GT three fifty style hoods and the California special style deck lids for the cars and you know other fiberglass pieces that you replaced and, and put on the cars. So we built this little black 65 coupe, and, and you've seen that car many times, haven't you, Steve? Yep, uh, that's the one that's in your garage at home? Yeah, yeah, I still have it. Yeah. You know, 40, mm-hmm. yep. 41 years later, I've still, I've still got it and everything. But we started building that car, took it out to the shows, and it was almost like it was a leper. Nobody really went over and, and, and looked at it much and everything. The few people that did... Uh, We'd spend some time looking at it. I remember one show we went to, they actually put us on the other side of the railroad track from where the show was. There was there was a handful of of cars that had that, that were modified like like this one was. The one thing that it did do is Monday morning, the phone started ringing and people would say, you know, I, I like that hood. How much how much for one of those hoods? How much for, for one of those deck lids? You know, where did you get those seats? You know, all, all the things that we had modified the car with. And I use the word modified because at that time, that's what we were doing. There was no resto mod. It was modifying the cars. So we started selling car, selling the parts to make those cars. We actually became more of a hot rod shop for Mustangs than we did, you know, restoration shops at that time. So that's kind of how we got started into the in into what was going to become the WrestleMod industry at at that time. If you fast forward a little bit, we got into building some of the cars because at that time we had a shop. We found we could take a six-cylinder car, put a V8 motor in it, and I and again I'm talking the early 65, 66 cars you know, paint them whatever color we wanted, build a nice car out of it, sell them for a lot more money than what the original cars were selling for. Now, that's not the Hypos and, and you know, the Boss 302s and some of the other uh, significant cars. But, you know, the, the six-cylinder cars, it costs you just as much to restore one of those back to original, and then you had a car that was not worth as much as a 65 GT or or whatever. During this time, which would have been throughout the 80s, everybody was talking about making sure that the car was put back original. It didn't matter what color it was. It didn't matter uh, what the options were. What you did is you put the car back to original or to a lot of people, you just really hurt the value of the uh, of the car. It just kind of worked out to the point to where back east, there was a much bigger, with the Mustang Club of America and the way that they set their 
their the club up and and the way that they preserved the cars in, instead of building modifieds out of them and everything that was the way that it was but out in california you had you know a lot of hot rodders out here we use the cars you know in, in california they're used year round because we don't have the snow and and all of the uh you know the weather to to keep you from from driving them shoot many many of the times we've been out one of our convertibles in the middle of december or january with the top down on on a nice on a nice day so california had kind of a different set of of rules that they went by as opposed to what the east coast was you know steve again you know you you know what that's like because you were out here and you know had the cars and everything else too so you know you you know exactly what i'm talking about don't you no well absolutely it is it is a different uh hobby so to speak in that regard because in like you said in california the southwest uh you could take your car out uh, almost you know 12 months of the year uh, you didn't have to worry about salt on the road you didn't have to worry about other things that can you know cold weather things that would actually create those kinds of problems and weathering in the car. So you're right. I mean, it was, it was a great time, uh, great place. Um, that's why whenever some, sometimes now you hear people about buying a car, Oh, find a California car, find a California car, because it's not going to have rust issues. It's probably been taken care of well, uh, in its life in California, because in a lot of cases, I, I still remember in Los Angeles just 10 years ago, uh, driving around, and there goes a 64 and a half, and there goes a 65 uh, fastback, and, and they, these people were doing them as that was their daily driver. It looked like it looked like so. Yeah, even though it's a very very strong hobby on the West Coast, it's also it's uh, it's just a different because of the weather. It's also it kind of has a different. Uh, oh, I want to use it, it. It's used for transportation. It's not just as a collector's car. There are people like it, it, and I think it's also because of the California lifestyle. People will associate Mustang to that lifestyle, so uh, it it is a big area. It's a big opportunity. Let's put it that way for for Mustangs, and and it's a, it's a well, it's the one state that I think they have the most titled Mustangs um, in the United States is in California. So yeah, and and that's something that um, that's why so many people come from from other countries to California to buy the cars and and take them back there. Anyway, let's kind of fast forward to, I'm going to say probably about 1994, 1995 in that area. As I said before, what we were doing is creating modified Mustangs. And throughout the Mustang hobby, and again, this goes back to, uh, you know, the MCA and, and the, you know, the MCA had a very, very big impact on the Mustang uh, world, so to speak, because, again, they were the only ones that were really out there pushing for doing the cars back original with with every paint job and all of the correct fasteners and the correct color. And, you know, the term modified when you told people, yeah, I've got a Mustang, but, you know, it's a uh, it's got this kind of seats in it, and it's got this, and it's got that. Their idea, totally, you know, just turned to modified, and it was a big strike against the car in in terms of of what it was. And so, one day, and I I remember the I remember this phone call the way it just happened yesterday or the day before. But I'd become good friends 
with Jim Smart. And that's a whole nother story, the way that came about and happened uh, and everything, that that we became friends. He called me and said, said to me that he was looking for a term to use that wasn't modified because not modified had such a negative connotation to it that he wanted something that you know sounded better and made the cars you know made made it sound better for the cars than modified we sat around on the phone and talked for i'm going to say a couple hours and we threw a lot of things around um restified was was one of them that i remember you know there were two or three others then we came up with restomod jim probably came up with it he had very good wit and everything about him in in those terms and had been around the hobby for you know for a long time writing about it and, and doing articles and stuff but anyway we came up with that out of that phone call and i told him that that if he would put it out in the mustang magazines and i think at that time he was either the editor of hot rod mustang or mustangs and ford and i'm not sure exactly which one it was i i want to say it was shortly after hot rod mustang you know was that the name was replaced but anyway i told him if he would start using it in print that we would start using it in our advertisements and everything that mustangs plus was doing and at that time you know we were advertising in you know a lot of the mustang magazines we were running one to two full page ads you know with stuff in them and it went all the way from items to build your car you know the way that you wanted it you know by adding all these features to it or restoring it back to original and the items that we got the most call for was the items to build it as as uh you know as not a stock mustang but you know to add on the fiberglass deck lids and and hoods and and everything and so jim started using the the name restomod in articles and talking about it to people when you know when he was talking to him face to face and we started putting it out in in ads build a restomod you know restomod your car and there was really two thoughts to it one was restore it and modify it or restore it and modernize it we always kind of lean towards the modern modernize it because people were putting different engines in you know they were they were now changing to 351s in the early Mustangs, you know, all the way through the uh, 71 to 73. They were putting different transmissions in. I think this is about the time that it was it was becoming really popular to put a Versailles rear end in to get the rear disc brakes and, and a five-speed transmission. Uh, I think those came a little earlier, but they were just really kind of catching on that you could do that and so it it took off in such a way that we started manufacturing or having made for us certain items that we deemed as restomod we did side skirts for the cars we did shifters 
for the uh, for the T5s that that went in that were that were called Restomod speed shifters. Just a whole host of of little items like that and everything for Restomod. And from that, it took off. In 1995, we built the Ronster, which the Ronster was a little 65 Mustang coupe that we bought from Pick and Pull. It was set to go to the crusher. We went in and bought it. I think we paid $220 for, you know, for it. They had already punched the rear axle and the oil pan to get all the fluids out and everything in it. We, we brought that back and made it into a Mustang Roadster that had been in one of the issues of the magazine. Somebody had drawn one up. I can't remember the guy's name, but he drew up a very nice little Roadster and uh, gave us the idea to go ahead and, and build that car. And that car was completed, uh, it was in 90, the late part of 96 that we that we completed that, uh, you know, the Ronster. And one of the things that we did is we did some, some color palettes and sent them down to the guys at Peterson Publication so that they could pick out what color it was gonna be painted. And they picked metallic sapphire blue which was one of these colors that if you got it in the right light, it changed colors. In dim light, it was purple. And if you got it out into the sunlight and everything, it was a very beautiful blue and everything. So it wasn't uh, like the mystic cars where it changed from, you know, from certain, you know, blues and silvers to a root beer or, or something like that but it was right in that line and it was a color that was available on the mustang at that time so we built that and under the restomod type you know type of idea that could very well be the the first true restomod that was uh that was built out there we actually stiffened up the bottom of the of the car cut the top off and uh Steve, you remember ben smith don't you certainly yeah he had the hard top that would fold into the into the car. Yeah, Ben Ben Smith was the designer and the engineer for the 50, 57 to fifty nine Ford retractables, and they Ford had had commissioned him in the mid sixties sixty six, I believe it was May of sixty six, to build a retractable Mustang. And in doing so, rather than using convertibles, they actually built a substructure underneath the car to stiffen, you know, what would be a coupe body or whatever. And and that's what, what he made, uh, you know, the, the retractables out of. Well, after he retired, uh, you know, Ford ended up filling the project for, for various reasons. But after he retired, he started a company called Retractables Unlimited and built the kits for these cars and so we used one of those substructures on the ronster to make it nice and and solid so we could cut the top off because there's an awful lot of strength in the top you know that that holds the car from buckling and everything and you know ben came out and helped us build a tonneau cover for it and um it you know that that's another mustang that you know that we still have or i still have and it's uh, you know, it was painted the the color that staff down at, at Peterson picked out for it. Um, personally, I would like to have seen it laser red or or something like that, or or 
even, you know, black or, or something, but they chose that color. It's, you know, it, it's really a nice car. Ford donated a 1995 302. Uh, aluminum heads were just kind of really starting to come out, you know, by that time. And this was an aluminum head motor, one of the, the motors that they, you know, custom built and everything. And so that car kind of became another one of our, our cars that we had that when people came to the company uh, looking for rest mod parts, you know, here's a whole car that they could pick certain things off of that they liked and, and not the others. You know, not a lot of people wanted to cut the top off the cars. You know, it's a lot of work and everything. But there was a whole lot of other things on that car that people did uh you know, did like, and you've seen that car many times, Steve. So you you kind of have an idea idea of what I'm talking about with all the stuff that was on it, don't you? Oh no, I do, and it's 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 still to one of these. Um, it's still one of the cars I do ask you about from time to time, even though we're on separate coasts that we'd love to have on display here because it is even in today's standards, it's 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 a rest of mod for sure. But I think even in today's standards, it it it, it still holds today to to look at and you go, wow. Is what I'm trying to say is even though the, the 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 hobby itself has gone through another 25 years since you've built it, it still has that wow factor to it. And I know you're not going to mention it because you don't do these things, but I'm going to. Um, actually, in um, April of 2009, Donald Farr came out with an article for the 45th anniversary of the Mustang, and he picked out the 45 most important vehicles uh, or Mustangs in the hobby. And the roster was number 14. And so it, it started to become more and more, I think even that probably helped it become more and more of a mainstream that it gets that kind of recognition to say, because it is now an important part of the hobby. And that's what people talk about their cars, I think, is that, you know, you can buy a car, but then there's so much out there that now you can make it your car. You can do what you want to it. And that starts, I think that's part of the formula that, uh, that, we're t that you're talking about is, you know, when it comes to a Rustamod, is, you know, turning and making those cool things to it to make it look like it's something you want. So um, your, your car and, your, and you had a big part of doing this. And so um, that was why I, uh, I was hoping to have to be able to have that opportunity to share that with everybody. Well, you know, it definitely gives people a, a, a way to build a car that makes them happy you know, my my dad had a little 66 coupe that was, it was loaded, except it wasn't a GT, but I think it had everything else on it. We really struggled with how to do that car, whether to paint it the original color, which was one of the greens, and he, he didn't particularly like the green, but it had the black pony interior and everything and so we did that car back to original you know for him i'm gonna say probably in the early 90s and he just never really cared much to drive it or or anything else it was it was just uh you know it was just a car because it it wasn't really he didn't feel it was his car well he sold it we bought it back several years later from the gentleman that had uh bought it from him ended up paying him the same amount that he paid for it, you know, years before. And it needed a, a total, total restoration. And so the next time we painted it, we did it nice red with red and white pony interior, which I know was never 
an original color, but it was still, you know, very nice and attractive. You know, after that, it was dad's car and he really, you know, he really enjoyed it. So sometimes locking them in what they, what they were, you know, it, it, it takes that, that pride off of being able to do something that, that you would have liked to make it yours. And that's really what Restomod is all about. It, it, it's about restoring and, you know, modernizing the cars. And, you know, today you can put power windows in them. You can put just a lot of the different engines, transmissions, uh, all different kinds of, of interior options. And you can literally, you know, take one and draw it out and do it just exactly the way that, that you want it to be kind of. You know, kind of like you're picking, you know, how to equip your new car when you buy it. And that, you know, makes the car something that once you get it done, you know, you're you're very proud of. You know, I, I don't want people to think that, that that's my only desire for Mustangs. I, I have several very original cars. I still have my little 66, you know, Hypo that I've done everything I can to keep it original and, and not do any modifications to it i've had boss 302s i've got uh you know cobra r's and and those cars are cars that i would never do anything to you know to turn them into wrestle mods or or anything else but i have taken I've, I've got a little 66 convertible right now that came as a six cylinder you know it has a a, a, a nice 302 in it with an aod and and it's it's a lot of fun to to drive, but it is it would have just been a six cylinder car, not the same as 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 what I wanted to build out of it. So, you know, you you give these cars new life, improve them. I will say, you know, you're actually moving something you know forward in the hobby, not just something that you know, where, you, where you've taken something and, and destroyed the value of it. If you watch Barrett Jackson and everything else, you'll, you'll see a lot of the modified cars bring proportionately a lot more money than if they had been restored back to original, sometimes two and three times the amount. So, you know, that's kind of where, where RestoMod came from. And, and, you know, I like to think of where it's still going. You know, for those of you that were Mustangs Plus customers, we appreciated it. We got to the point, uh, we sold the business earlier this year. The reason was it had been a family business for 40 years. And all of the family that were involved in it went on to other things. And, you know, all of, you know, my brother and I, our children got educations and, and went into different into different lines. And there wasn't any of the kids that wanted to continue with, with that business. They grew up with it. You know, they have their their cars and their Mustangs and everything, but it wasn't something that they wanted to do for, you know, for, for business. They were into computers and websites, and my daughter became a nurse. And so, you know, we just ended up, you know, selling the business and letting another company go, you know, go forward with it. And my wife and I have retired now. So we uh, do appreciate everybody, everybody who made Mustangs Plus you know, what it was for all those 40 years or so. Well, I'm sure the people on the West Coast still, uh, they'll still see you at car shows. I don't think that's out of your blood. I think it's just now that you don't, um, now that you have some time, you can just enjoy the other side of the fence, as it were, and 
go and look at cars and just enjoy cars and see what what else is people are doing out there. Um, I wanted to kind of close with one quick note. You mentioned about how you and Jim Smart had talked about the the term and how you came across and how it made that term happen. And I know you said that Jim Smart was a big part of it. I mean, he maybe he probably came up with it. Uh, although I know Ron, and I'm going to probably say, hey, not so fast there, Horsey. I think that, well, Ron, do you want to tell them who's, who actually came up with the name of this museum? Are we going to have to edit this well, part? Are we going to have to edit this part, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, we had originally, you know, you and I had originally decided that we wanted it to be the National Mustang Museum because we wanted everybody nationwide, not just on the East Coast or West Coast or whatever, to be a part, but we wanted everybody to be a part. Mm-hmm. And, um, and after we had, had announced it and everything, you know, Ford Motor Company came to us and said, we had always thought that if we did something on that level, that that's a name we would like to use. You know, is there any chance you could change it to a different to a different name? And so you and I sat down and, you know, we kind of threw some things around and came up with Mustang owners because that to us and especially to me, is who the Mustang Museum is is for. It's, it's for the Mustang owners so that they can come in and see where the hobby is and get in, enthused and get ideas and, and pick which part of the hobby they want to pursue on their own. It might be Shelby's. It might be, you know, stock and original. It, it, it might be, you know, the late model crowd or whatever, but they're all Mustang owners. So that's the way that that's the way that that name came about. Well, yeah, I don't remember having much of the conversation. I remember you bringing that term up, and I'm going, yeah, that's work. That's that'll work. Let's go with that because you're right. It is for the owners, and when people come in the museum now, we explain that the cars here on on display are from the owners. This museum is about the owners. We have tried to style the place after owners. Um, and the more I realized we want to get away from the National Mustang Museum because that sounds almost too artsy, like, you know, the National Museum of Art or History. Uh, we're really not that. We're car guys, and we want to have a car guy place that represents Mustangs. And so um, I know you're being very generous in saying that we had a conversation. I think the conversation went, well, Steve, I'm thinking about Mustang Owners Museum, and I'm going, yep, sounds good to me. Let's go. And that lasted about five seconds. So, uh uh, I wanted to point that out because you've been a big part and still are a big part of the, what goes on with the museum. Uh, there's a number of times I've talked to you, not so much during the COVID year. We didn't have a lot to talk about in that regard other than let's just survive. But uh, I always value your friendship and value your uh, your experience to help us with what we're doing. So with that, I do need to close. I wanted to thank you for coming on uh, and spending time with us. And as we spoke about the other, pho- the other day on the phone, I'm sure we're going to have other episodes with you because your connection and your your touch to the hobby goes well beyond just even resto mods. And so uh, the hobby owns you. Uh, hobby needs to know a little bit more where this came from, and that's why I wanted to share that with uh, the hobby to let them know here's what resto mods are about. So, again, thank you, Ron. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. 